morning sports fans betters and cappers and welcome to the daily competitive hedge podcast i'm your host of the show kenneth cotterell and thank you all for joining me this morning as we talk about sports and the world of betting we talk about the day that was in the sports world loaded sports day including game one of the stanley cup finals we also talk about the games that we like coming up today we're talking u.s open today as well so plays that we have for that event and what bets we like with our competitive lay of the day. Not expecting a super long show, but it is a pretty good slate nonetheless. A lot of big news, including an NBA trade and some coaching hire possibilities. So our episode today is brought to you by our betting sponsor, Bet99. Bet99 is a Canadian sportsbook and casino that offers in-play betting, player props, a cash-out option, and many, many more great products. There are a variety of sports available on the website to bet on, including NHL, NBA, NFL, MLB, and we've got US Open and CFL lines today for you. Bet99 works smoothly on both desktop and mobile. The Bet99 mobile app can be downloaded directly from their homepage. Depositing and withdrawing funds is hassle-free with a number of well-known methods available to use so you know your money is safe and secure. The website can be viewed in both English and French, and customer service is available 24-7 on their live chat option. So go to bet99.com and make an account to get started. Please gamble responsibly. You must be 19-plus years of age, and it is available to people in Ontario. So let's talk about our athlete chat of the day. And based on game one of the Stanley Cup finals, it has to go to Andre Burakovsky. I mean, he scored just his second goal of the playoffs, but it was potting an overtime winner for the Colorado Avalanche, who were at home. Great performance by him. He deserves our athlete cheddar of the day for scoring probably the biggest goal of his NHL career, might be biggest goal of his hockey career ever. So shout out to Burakovsky for being our athlete of the day. On the betting side of things, we just missed on our parlay. We went 0-3 a couple days ago, but 2-1 yesterday. The Diamondbacks hit the Connecticut Sun minus 10.5 hit. Unfortunately, the Indiana Fever lost at home. Then our player props, we were 1-5 of yesterday. We've been on an absolute cold streak when it comes to player props. We had the Landis Cog goal at plus 160, and then Vasilevsky saves. Unfortunately, we had under 33 and a half. He finishes at 34. We had Gallon and Thompson over on K's. They both just miss by one or two. And then Springer and Stanton both go hitless at the plate yesterday. So tough day in that regard. But this is why you follow our social media account. Because if you saw our competitive hedge banger that goes up on the Bet99 website, we had Landis Cog to score plus the Avalanche win at plus 390 was our play on the site and we cashed that so that's why you follow us on our social platforms and i hope you tailed that one big for the program 
Now let's talk about the day that was recap, and we got to start with that NHL game. Colorado came in minus 150. Tampa Bay, the over-under on this game was six, and they just went over by going to overtime. Looked early on like Colorado was going to run away with it. They were up three to nothing at, uh, for a little bit there, and then Tampa makes it 3-1, 3-2, 3-3, and then we head to overtime where Colorado pots the winner with Burakovsky, but Kemper made 20 saves in the win. Landeskov, Nichushkin, and Lekkinen all scored for Colorado. On the Tampa Bay side, you had Vasilevsky make 34 saves with Paul Paye and Sergachev scoring the goals there. And Tampa looked like they were getting a little bit of a boost coming in, given that they had Braden Point returning, but that wasn't enough. They were just simply outshot throughout the game. The Avs felt like they were the more physical team. Josh Manson stepping up with some big hits. Kale McCarr had a couple big hits. And Tampa, let's face it, they were 1-3 in, in Game 1s this postseason now. Uh, they don't start strong. However, if you go and win Game 2 in Colorado, you've taken the home ice at that point, and that's what they care about. You get that Game 2, and people completely forget about this one. But I said that I thought that this could be the best Stanley Cup in a decade. It delivered in Game 1, and I think we're in for a very exciting Stanley Cup Finals. WNBA-wise, we had Vegas and Dallas. Vegas wins 92-84. to This was an afternoon tip yesterday, so hope you were able to catch it. But the Aces, they were led by Aja Wilson, 25 points, 5 rebounds, and 4 blocks. Chelsea Plum added 27. Chelsea Gray added 16. And Hamby had a double-double with 16 and 12. On the Dallas side of Bungawale with 28 points and 4 assists while Marina Mabry poured in 18 points of her own. Then on the the later slate, we had Atlanta and Connecticut. Connecticut wins 104-92. They're able to cover that minus 10.5 just barely. The line opened at minus 8.5, and and it moved all the way to 10.5 because a lot of people like this Connecticut Sun team. Courtney Williams had 20, John Cole Jones had 15, and Natasha Heaterman had 18 for the Sun. On the Atlanta side of things, Asia Durr with 21. Ari McDonald, 19, and Rin Howard with 14 in the loss. Phoenix beat the Indiana Fever 93-80. to This was the one that crushed the parlay. Back-to-back, but they were able to win nonetheless. And it's because Team Charles had her best game of the year. 29 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists. Diamond DeShields with 16. And Diana Taurasi, the 39-year-old, with 17 points of her own. And then on the Indiana side, Kelsey Mitchell with 26. Victoria Vivians with 14. And my favorite new name in the WNBA, Queen Egbo, with 12 points of her own for Indiana. Not a loaded slate later on for WNBA, just the one game, but we'll chat about it in a little bit here. Now, let's talk about MLB lines from yesterday. Uh, we'll do our quick rundown like we do every day. So we saw the Phillies win 3-1 to over to Marlins. The White Sox with the blow of the day, they win 13 to nothing over the Tigers on the road. The Astros won 9-2 over the Rangers. The Astros pitched <laughs> two times in the same game. They uh, they struck out all three batters with just nine pitches. Incredible innings by them. So they win 9-2 over the Rangers. The Diamondbacks won 7-4 over the Reds. Shout out to them. We were on the Diamondbacks yesterday. We had the Royals 3-2 over the Giants. The Twins 5-0 over the Mariners. The Yankees 4-3 over the Rays. The Braves 8-2 over the Nationals. The Jays come back and win 7-6 in the 10th. They're up 6-2, then it turned to 6-6, but they win on a walk-off. 
and then you had Brewers ten to nothing over ten to two over the Mets. The Red Sox won ten to one over the A's. The Pirates six to four over the Cardinals. The Padres nineteen to five over the Cubs. The Guardians seven to five over the Rockies, and the Dodgers four to one over the Angels. But it was a pretty loaded day when it comes to other news, including that Minka Fitzpatrick signed a five-year extension with the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's worth $18.4 million a year and $36 million guaranteed. This is the most ever paid for safety in the NFL. Now, I don't know how Pittsburgh feels heading into this season. Their defense, they've got TJ Watt, they've got Fitzpatrick. They're, they're a good defense. It's all going to be dependent on this offense. Is it going to be Mitchell Trubisky? Is it going to be the rookie? Uh, this is a a team that is going to be in a very tough division and a tough conference. And this makes me think just that much more about that wide receiver market and how teams could spend money more wisely when you can have a guy like Fitzpatrick on the defense instead of a Christian Kirk on offense. I think that that is huge for your team. Then we saw Paul Pogba rejoined Juventus on a free transfer yesterday. This was well known amongst Manchester United that he and Jesse Lingard were both going to be leaving the club, but as a Man United fan, I wish I could say I was sad to see him go. He had some brilliance. He had some games where he looked like the Pogba that won the World Cup with France just a few years ago. But it also felt like he was disconnected a lot of the time. It is very clear that he is a bit of a diva, but lots of manager changes also couldn't have been easy for him. So it's tough to judge whether if he's under a, a guy like us or Alex Ferguson, who is the club's manager for so long, does he act that way or is it just when there's so much leadership change was he just unable to get comfortable in Manchester but wishing him nothing but the best in Juventus that's where he played the best football of his career John Tortorella was offered the Flyers job and to be honest when I saw that headline I'm just sick and tired of teams recycling the same coaches and Tortorella is that coach um, I get it the guy won a cup with Tampa back in 0304. But since then, he's made one conference finals in his career. And I think that's what frustrates me is that you have an opportunity to maybe go out, make a different hire, a, a new coach, uh, maybe a first time coach. But we see it in all sports where teams seem to recycle these old head coaches. And I don't get what's to love about torts. To me, he's like the Doc Rivers of hockey. Um, it's well known that I'm not a big Doc Rivers guy, but I mean, he had the Rangers who were good in the late 2000s, early 2010s, kind of like how Doc had the Clippers in the 2010s. And they both just seem to wear out their welcome. The teams get stale. The teams fall out of love with the coach, and then they have to make a change within five years. I think we already saw that with Doc in Boston and in LA, could see it in Philly in the coming years. And I think if Tortorella gets hired by the Flyers, he'll be out of there within five years. So Hope they go a different direction, but it sounds like they've offered him the job, and we'll see what happens there. Christian Wood got traded yesterday in the NBA for an absolute package. It was Trey Burke, uh, Sterling Brown, Boban, Marquise Chris, and the 26th pick. A lot of people think that they're giving up a lot here, but those four players' combined salary was $11 million, so they didn't think too highly of those guys. Christian Wood on a pretty cat-friendly deal at least until the end of this upcoming season. So I think it's a great trade for both sides. The Rockets get that pick. I think that's the biggest key here. Guys like Trey Burke and, and even Sterling Brown can help mentor some of these young guys. They are a very young team in Houston. And then on the Mavericks side, you get what is now your second option, 
But depending what you do with Jalen Brunson, or if you decide to pursue another free agent, Christian Wood could be your third option. And I think if he's the third option on a championship team, then you're in a great spot. So I think it's a great trade for both sides and they'll both be happy moving forward. The Jazz interviewed Sam Cassell as well for their head coaching opening. I think it would be a great hire. He's been an assistant for a long time. I hope they don't go back to the well of, oh, look, a Van Gundy. No, like, let's go with a newer coach. He's been an assistant for a long time. Funny enough, under Doc Rivers for a long time. But I'd like to see Sam Cassell get his shot. Now, big games on the slate today. U.S. Open is going to be my main focus today. Um, you can tell that the players, they're sick of talking about the live tour versus the PGA. The questions obviously have to be asked, but they're sick and tired of hearing it. So they are looking to just get out there and play some golf. Now, when it comes to bets for this one, what I look for, I look at previous success. I like ball striking. I like guys that hit fairways, especially at the U S open. And how's your putting inside of 10 feet? If you're a good uh, short putter, then I think you have a chance at success here at the U.S. Open. So we released our plays full card yesterday on offtheballnetwork.com, but we're going to do our quick run through of who we have. So our half unit plays on the winners, we have Xander at 19 to 1, Morikawa 27 to 1, Hovland 29 to 1, and DJ 34 to 1. Morikawa already minus one through a few holes today, so he's out to a good start. Top 10, we had Cameron Smith, T15, and Morikawa once again at plus 290. Doubling down on Morikawa, big fan of him. Also got him in my work pool yesterday. I picked him first overall, so clearly very high on Morikawa to play well this week. Zalatoris for top 20 at plus 123, and Homa plus 160. Round one leader, I was looking at Shane Lowry at 39 to 1, and Sung J M 44 to 1. Missed cut, Jordan Spieth plus 220. He's already a couple over early on, so that one looks pretty good. And Cameron Young plus 160. 72 hole head-to-head. I like Zalatoris over Burns at minus 109. Lowry over Fitzpatrick at minus 109. And DJ over Kepka at minus 109. And then when it comes to today's head-to-head matchups, you won't be able to get this one now, but Rom over Rory at minus 106. Still might have time to get Siwoo Kim over Munoz at minus 118 and Hovland over Finau at minus 118 as well. But this is what I'm going to be tuned into this weekend. I love the U.S. Open. Uh, It's not my favorite major. I can't say that. I do think the Masters is probably top of the list for me. But U.S. Open's probably third behind the Open as well. It's the biggest test in golf, especially when it comes to growing out the rough and you got the quick greens and you know, you get punished for good shots at this tournament. It, the players take a real beating at this event. So very excited to tune in and watch it. NBA Finals is tonight after I'm done watching 12 hours of golf. Definitely going to tune in to Boston, who's minus three and a half versus Golden State at the over-under line of 210. If you're Boston, can your supporting cast be better? They were outscored 31 to 10 on the bench yesterday or a couple days ago. So... Pritchard needs to be better. Derek White needs to be better. Grant Williams needs to contribute. That's the key to beating Golden State. Golden State beats you with five or six guys scoring 10 to 20 points. They need more production from other guys. Tatum needs to be better down the stretch. He has not scored well uh, down the stretch of these games. He plays well, though. Uh, I don't want it to seem like, oh, he's not shooting well, so he's playing poorly. That is obviously what they're relying on him for, but he is contributing in other ways like distributing in defense. 
Brown and Smart need to be more efficient as well on the Boston side. They were not in game five. On the Golden State side, can you go and close it out in six on the road? Do we see game six clay? That clay imposter thing was hilarious how they just let the guy through. But can game six clay show up or is that uh, all but a memory now with Clay Thompson, who has not looked the same in this NBA Finals. Will Steph finalize his Finals MVP? Wiggins has played some great defense. Uh, Steph is still the favorite to win Finals MVP, but if Wiggins goes out and scores 30 and they win in six, who knows? Who knows what the NBA is going to do with that one? WNBA-wise, we've got the Mystics, that who are 10-6, and six, taking on the New York Liberty at 5-9. and nine. Sabrina Ionescu, she's got to play well in order for them to win. And she's taken on Ariel Atkins and Elena Deladon. The Mystics are one of the better teams in that conference. And the Liberty sit at the bottom. And then CFL, we got Argos versus Alouettes tonight. It's the Argos home opener, the opener to their season. Whereas Montreal's coming off the loss to Ottawa. So I don't think I'll be tuned into CFL today. I'm a Riders fan, obviously living in Saskatchewan. But we'll have to wait Uh with the NBA being on, I probably won't be tuning into CFL this evening. Now, game lines that we're leaning but waiting on. There's one game line that I have in particular. Uh, this is one that we're waiting until it's close to the first pitch. And it's the last game to have a first pitch tonight in MLB. That is the Angels and Mariners. I do like the Angels' money line with Otani going. He's 4-4 four and four with a 3.64 ERA. Taking on George Kirby, who's got the 3.65. The line that I'm looking at is that over under seven. I'm kind of hoping that it gets to seven and a half. If it does, then I'm going to take the under here. Uh, I see it finishing four to two, maybe five to two. So I like the under if it gets to seven and a half. And that's a line that I'm going to wait on later today. Now, player prop lines. We've been on a cooler, as we said, but we're going to get back into uh, the research lab today to see if we can find some better player props. Uh, stop chasing these bases lines, maybe maybe switch it up a bit. But this is going to be uh, on our social media accounts at CompedgePod is where you can find all of our uh, player prop lines. And so to cap off today's episode, let's talk about our competitive lay of the day. This is our daily three-team parlay. No odds worse than minus 150, only looking to put out winners. And so we're going to start with Boston first quarter money line at minus 135. The Celtics, I think they're going to come out firing tonight and ready to go. I don't know if they're going to be able to extend it to seven because I think Golden State's going to have a great third quarter. I almost took the first half money line, but I think first quarter's a bit safer on the Boston side. I think Golden State starts a little bit slow and Boston's able to take advantage. So minus 135 on the first quarter money line. The Argos first half money line minus one and a half versus... I said first half money line minus one and a half. First half minus one and a half versus Montreal at minus 121. As I said, it's the Argos season opener. It's their home opener. Yes, the Alouettes kept it close with the Stamps last week, but I still don't think that they're a great team. I think Toronto takes advantage today at home and they lead at the half by more than a field goal. And then to cap it off, Mets run line versus the Brewers at plus 150. Ashby's going for the Brewers, but he's just one in five with a 3.91 ERA. Taking on Tyler McGill for the Mets, who's got a 4.5 ERA, but he's got a four and two record. Mets are at home. They're coming off a 10 to two loss yesterday. I think this is a bit of a revenge game for the Mets, and they come out and win this game four to two, maybe five to three, but I do like this one nonetheless. 
The odds on the parlay are plus 696. Really need this one today and really love this slate. So expecting a winner. If we're looking for an alternate play in case the Mets don't go, Liberty Moneyline versus the Mystics. Liberty are at home. And I do think that with the Mystics playing just a couple days ago, Ionescu is going to play well and the Liberty pick up their sixth victory. But thanks everyone who tuned into the live show today. Uh, definitely go and check out the audio version as well over on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star rating as well. We always appreciate it. It helps grow the show. And we will see you tomorrow morning for the Daily Competitive Edge podcast.